suave Rico Everyone, this is Rico, and you're listening to Trex in Sci-Fi podcast 215 for February the 22nd, 2009. Got a lot to uh, cover and talk about, and uh, decided to start the show with a little uh, something fun. There, uh, it's a singer. I think his name is Geraldo. Geraldo. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I don't. My Spanish is very weak. Linz knows the Spanish. I'm not good with that. But anyway. That song, Rico Suave, I just uh, thought was kind of appropriate for this week. Uh, i got a few things to announce. Uh, some people on the forum are aware of this, and, uh, well, uh, I'll leave it with a little teaser like that. Nothing uh, nothing really much for the show, but something more personal. We'll be talking about that here shortly. Uh, the, me- the, the main topic, though, for this week is going to be an Enterprise episode called First Flight. I'm gonna. Uh, I think I'm just gonna watch the episode and comment as we go for that one, and uh, some Trek movie talk and, and the usual stuff. So uh, stand by. Here we go. It's been a long road getting from there to here. No, it really hasn't. I... <laughs> no, we're not singing that again. Yes, it's been a long. No, Jen. <laughs> I don't think you understand. We're not ever, ever singing that again. Look what we've created. A monster. A monster, he I tell you. He keeps playing it. I know. He likes it. People like us. They think it's funny. I know. It is very funny. But that's not all we but are. But my time is Okay. Fun. This is Angela. <laughs> and that's Jen. And you've been listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. With oh, our friend for- Rico. We forgot to say we're from the Anomaly Podcast. Doe. <laughs> Crap. You're listening to Trex in Sci-Fi with Rico Dostin, the weekly podcast bringing you geeky information and sci-fi entertainment news. Well, hello, everyone. Yes, uh, this is Trex in Sci-Fi. Uh, thanks to uh, Angela and Jen over at AnomalyPodcast.com for that uh, fairly uh, well-played uh, little bit of their Enterprise uh, intro music theme. Uh, I always like to pull that out and play it. Uh, it's always good for a smile and a laugh, which is uh, something that I could use these days. Uh, I was, uh, unfortunately, here's the uh, the news, I guess. <laughs> Uh, earlier this past week, I was uh, laid off, I guess you would call it, uh, from my position at the company that I worked at uh, for the last, uh, I guess I was there about six and a half years now. I have a couple of patents, uh, developed a, uh, a chemistry for them, a paint stripping material that is used uh, just to this day and, and makes the money, but uh, due to economics, you know, I live in the Detroit area, and uh, they said it was a purely financial. <laughs> oh, it's even hard for me to say it right now. Uh, it said it was a purely financial reason, uh, which I can understand in these times. However, uh, I think uh, my contributions and my continued uh, contributions to this company really should have uh, taken a little more of that into account, and actually. I've been kind of formulating the last couple of days in my head. I, I, you know, these kind of things are happening a lot to everyone all over the country these days. And I, I it happened to me about six to seven years ago, back in two thousand, early two thousand and two. 
uh, when I worked for a very large uh, automotive paint company, automotive-related company, uh, in this area, and uh, I guess about six months went by before I found this position that I was at uh, most recently. So I, I completely understand all this. I, I know it's affecting a ton of people, especially in the Michigan area, automotive-related and that. So I understand all this, but but there's the always the the but. <laughs> um, I, I am not, uh, you know, crawling into a hole. I'm not giving up. And I had this interesting thought the last few days that I think I'm going to try to put together tonight. It's Sunday uh, so that the people at uh, my previous employment will be seeing this uh, when they get in on Monday morning. I've already sent them a couple of emails. There's no hard feelings on my part. And, and saying, you know, I, I, I could come back, work in a different capacity. I'd work for less pay. I do whatever it would take, and I think they're aware of that and and aware aware of the type of person I am. I've traveled overseas for them about a half a dozen times over the past few years. Uh, But what I'm going to do, I think, later on this evening, uh, uh, maybe while the Oscars are going, because I don't really care about watching that that much, but uh, I am going to make a little video kind of outlining a few things of what I've done for them over the years. And And obviously I was being paid, so I can understand that, but just kind of list a few of those things. Yeah, fairly briefly, and then mostly talk about some ideas I have of ways for them to both improve their uh, efficiency, uh, some things that I'd been thinking about, but I really hadn't had time to work on that much while I was there. You know, there's there's always the day-to-day activities that, that just, and with shorter staff and less people at that place, that was becoming kind of the, unfortunately, a lot of what I was doing uh, kind of things that I really shouldn't be doing, and I and I should have been doing more of how to explore more customers, getting more business, and how to improve the chemistry, how to improve uh, overall uh, production process that we do there, those kinds of things. And I have several ideas, and what I'm going to do is make a little video, pop it up on YouTube, and uh, email them. I already sent them, a, like I said, a message a couple of times with some ideas. Real briefly, just saying there's no hard feelings. I'd love to come back in some other capacity if that's a a possibility. And just mention to them what more I think I can do for them in that. Uh, I figure it's a long shot. You know, uh, companies sometimes when they make these decisions kind of put blinders on. And, you know, they don't want to go back on their decision because it kind of it may look to them that like it looks like they can't make up their mind or that it looks bad. But my emphasis on this is going to be you know, don't you want to do what's best for the company? Because fr- quite frankly, uh, this this company, if they don't t- change some things soon, because they are so automotive related, uh, they are going to have a very hard time even just existing, I think, in, in the next year or two. Uh, I think they need to make some changes. They do have some... Uh, they do have some money that they could expand and do some different things, but they're a little bit frightened like a lot of places are right now. But I think if they just hole up, I think it's going to eventually catch up with them and destroy them completely. And I don't want that. You know, I, I there's good people there. They were friends. And I do firmly believe, and this is the kind of, uh, I guess, things that I'm going to say in this little video I'm going to make. I do firmly believe in the company and the product that I created and I do feel that if it can sort of semi-survive even in this area, that it, it, it means a lot and that shows a lot for the product itself. Uh, it can strip the paint off pretty much any kind of metal, uh, even plastic. Uh, it, it has a, a wide range of possibilities. And I think in other areas of the country, even other areas of the world, I've traveled to Germany, Taiwan, I think it could be a big, um, a big success and, and certainly bring them in more capital, more money. 
but uh, they have to want to do that. They have to be willing to try to do that a little bit. And so I figured, well, why not? And and it also, I think, shows some professionalism and shows some, you know, kind of, uh, you know, you kind of knock me down a little bit. I I keep getting back up again, and I'm not going to uh, quite give up, at least not easily or this, you know, not yet, I guess. And um We'll see. You know, who knows? Stranger things have happened. This company has hired back people in the past. Uh, this um, this is, you know, like I said, kind of a long shot, but I feel like I have to do it. Kind of have to get some things aired out. You know, you don't get a chance to do that when it's like, okay, uh, we don't need you anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> Which happened like on Tuesday, and I was totally shocked, and it was just, it's a bad situation, and uh Say, hey, anyone who happens to be listening to this podcast in the sort of Michigan area needs uh, somebody who's pretty good with chemistry, pretty good with web design, pretty good with a lot of different things. I'm a fair carpenter, uh, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Anyway, if anyone knows anyone or is in this area listening or knows someone in this area, you know, needs somebody who uh, has a lot of skills and uh, willing to work uh, pretty much any day, anytime, any place. Uh, just, uh, you know, get in, get in contact with me, treksf at gmail.com. I also created a new one, a new email address just for work and job searching. Uh, it's just rickadosti at gmail.com. So I thought I'd share that here. So a bit of a rough week, but things will go on. And uh, it was kind of funny, though, uh, when I was coming home that day when it all happened, I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, that's it. I'm going to quit the podcast, close up the website, just be done with it all. I don't feel like doing anything. And and, and truthfully, the last few days have been, uh, I've been feeling up and down all around uh, in different kinds of emotions. But uh, I also know that that isn't me. That isn't uh, what I think is best. I think it's always best at these kinds of situations when something really strange like this and, and, and kind of difficult happens that... Uh, it's important to kind of reach out. I posted some things up on the forum and told people about it uh, not too long after it happened. Everyone was, uh, you know, I, I want to say here that all of your, uh, you know, well wishes and, and, and thinking of me and your prayers and all those things uh, have helped. You wouldn't uh, know even how much they've helped uh, both myself and the family over the last few days. Uh, we'll be okay. Lynn's job is is secure, you know, which is, is very good, you know, her teaching position. Uh, is as secure as anything is these days, so uh, so that's a positive. Uh, and and it's just you know I I can't uh, uh, I can't just stop doing and, and being the person that I am. It's just not uh, that's not good, and I think that would cause more harm. And uh, although sometimes <laughs> one of the strange things about all this is that each morning when I wake up, even here over the last uh, couple of days on the weekend is that you sort of have to readjust to it and, and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that. And I've had a lot of strange dreams the last few days. Uh, even going back to the last place that I worked, not the most recent, uh, and, and sort of mixing the two, it's very odd. And uh, I guess it's the the brain's way of trying to work all this out and uh, settle it in my head to a degree. But uh, I'd be curious, you know, anyone out there who has any kinds of words of wisdom, advice, uh, anything related to this, or just say, you know, just sort of say good luck in your hunt, and we'll be thinking of you. Any of that kind of stuff, uh, it, it's it's very well uh, appreciated and well, uh, you know, it, <laughs> it's helpful. Let's just say so. Uh, but enough about all that junk. Hey, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Trek. What's the latest on the new Star Trek movie? Let's find out. 
All right, about the uh, the Star Trek movie still coming out May eighth, two thousand and nine. Not very long now. Uh, I guess uh, let's see, early March. So that'll make it about. I think we're like seventy some days, seventy five ish days away. Uh, a few things. One, uh, MTV aired a special. They probably will be rerunning it, I would guess, at some point in time. Maybe they already are. I think you can see it online also. Uh, They have this uh, show. I think this was only the second episode of it. It's called Spoilers. It uh, was on last night, uh, at least here in the U.S., uh, at, I think, 8 o'clock. It was only half hour long, and basically it's a movie show. They showed clips for uh, Watchmen quite a bit. Uh, showed uh, some of the stars were at this little, they did a a sort of a sneak preview for it uh, with a a group of uh, an audience uh, to show, showed them the whole movie, which I, I, they said the running time is pretty long for Watchmen. I think it was like two hours, 45 minutes. Uh, But they also had a little bit of Trek in the show and a few other things, a little tiny bit of Harry Potter, uh, a tiny bit of Land of the Lost. But the Trek stuff was Almost like 95% things that we've seen, they kind of intermix the trailer footage. They had one kind of uh, short behind-the-scenes sort of making-of little segment that was, I don't know, maybe about a minute long or so, not very long at all, which showed J.J. Abrams and some of the cast uh, working on the sets. And uh, most of the scenes you saw, though, during that were things that we've seen again in the trailer. Not a lot. They kind of had very, very brief you know, quick, like, couple sentences from uh, some of the main cast members. That can be seen online. Also, uh, if you go over to trekmovie.com, they have a story on it uh, near the top of their blog there. I'll also try to link it in the podcast notes. But uh, it was it was a fun show. They didn't give away uh, much, uh, and Will Wheaton was actually there in the audience, which was kind of neat. Uh, and what else? Uh, Watchmen, of course, looks continues to look good. Will Wheaton actually just posted an article with a fairly spoiler-free uh, commentary about that film, and he's a big uh, you know geek, a big comic book fan, and he, he loved it. He calls it basically the best comic book adaptation ever done. Is is are his words, and he says it's just awesome. No one needs to worry about anything. Uh, you know, this movie has had a lot of ups and downs and controversy about it, and I know they've had some. Things that they've done to the ending, I've heard. Uh, there was also, of course, the whole legal uh, problems that they were uh, they were having between Fox and I guess it's Fox and Warner Brothers uh, to the rights of the film. But anyway, that's all been settled. It'll be out on, in just about two weeks, a little less, on March sixth. That's Watchmen. And uh, but anyway, that show spoilers. It was kind of fun, and I'm guessing that they'll be doing more of those. I think it's supposed to be. I don't think it's monthly even. I don't know how often the show will come out, but of course with the summer and spring movies coming, I would guess we'd see a lot more uh, from them. Maybe, I, I think I read somewhere it was quarterly show, but I'm not sure on that. So, uh, But we'll keep everyone posted. Uh, oh, another thing related to the movie, the second issue of that Countdown comic book will be in comic book stores this Wednesday. Yes, that's the second issue, and there's a couple of pages of that like they did before. I think the first four pages uh, a preview of that comic online. Also, I think you can see that over at trekmovie.com. Uh, it looks pretty good. And I like this because they are, um, you know, what we're seeing here is is uh, sort of a preamble, like they're calling it a prequel to the movie. These are not things from the movie that we'll be seeing. So anyway, check that out uh, when you get a chance. Hi, I'm Rick Moyer, and I want to tell you about my brand new podcast. It's called Take Him With You. Every week I talk about what's going on in my geeky little world of television, 
music and in my faith. My hope is that in a world that can sometimes be really depressing, for at least a few moments you can be encouraged and smile a bit. So come check it out, www.takehimwithyou.com, the weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. I'd love to have you listen. Thanks. Yeah, I encourage everyone to go check out uh, Rick's great new show over at TakeHimWithYou.com. He has some great things to say, and, uh, you know, like he said, it's the kind of uh, show that a lot of us can listen to and, and take a lot away from and, and kind of smile and, and feel a little bit better uh, after you listen to it. So check it out over at TakeHimWithYou.com. How about the news in the world of sci-fi? Stay tuned. Well, sci-fi and TV right now is fantastic. I mean, there's so much on. It's uh, And especially on Mondays and Friday nights are, are just jam-packed. Uh, Mondays, I'm watching Chuck. Uh, I'm watching Heroes. Uh, Big Bang Theory. Heroes is still just a little not, not what I... You know, I don't know. There's just something about it that's not as appealing to me as it used to be. I'm still watching. Uh, I, I hope it picks up. Uh, they, uh, I think they just need something, uh, uh, really a new kind of uh, something on the show. I'm not sure what it is. I guess this rounding up of all the heroes storyline and idea doesn't appeal to me. One of, one of the things about that is is that, you know, being a, a comic reader for so long, the that that kind of idea has been done many many times you know the persecuted you know heroes out there even though they try to help people and help the world uh you know the government steps in and tries so they're dangerous let's lock them all up that that's kind of i don't know i thought these guys could come up with something a little bit more interesting than that idea but uh the characters i still enjoy quite a bit and uh i will be continuing to see and watch that show uh, what else? Lost, though, is fantastic. Wednesday night. Oh, there is another show <laughs> sci-fi related in the middle of the week. And then Smallville on Thursday, although they've been in um, kind of hiatus slash reruns lately the last couple of weeks. And then Friday night, we have Clone Wars, which is still uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we have the new show Dollhouse, which I've seen now two episodes. This last episode was interesting because they had the, the lead actor guy from uh, The Middleman in it. I uh, forget his name again. But he was uh, kind of a nasty bad guy in this episode, uh, and uh, that show is still pretty interesting. Joss Whedon's new Dollhouse, Terminators on Friday, and of course the big fracking Battlestar Galactica. Only four more episodes left, and that show just is better and better every week. It's always been great, uh, and it's really starting to pull everything together. We're learning a lot, uh, almost too much. You know, they they almost these last few episodes seem like we're just being like fed mountains of information. Not quite as much this most recent episode, but the one before that. My gosh, I needed a a pencil and a pad of paper to just keep track of everything. And then the Cylons did this, and the humans did this, and all that. But uh, (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and watch that one again sometime. Uh, But anyway, lots of sci-fi on TV. And, of course, we're heading towards the uh, summertime, springtime movie events. Lots of stuff coming out here in the next uh, very soon with Watchmen and others. So uh, lots of things to see. And I think now we're going to have to get into the episode, the Enterprise episode, uh, First Flight, because uh, we're uh, into the show 20 minutes in. That'll take us to about the hour mark or so. So let's get into uh, First Flight. And now what you've all been waiting for, 
Here's this week's Star Trek episode on Treks in Sci-Fi. Could be a phantom reading. Background radiation. Even your scientists have confirmed the existence of dark matter. Never in such dense concentrations. That's the point. If it really is a dark matter nebula, we'd be the first to directly observe one. Even with modified sensors, there wouldn't be much to see. I've heard of Vulcan experiments where they were able to excite dark matter by bombarding it with metrion particles. Those tests involved very small quantities. This structure is nearly 10 million kilometers in diameter. Could you rig some kind of spatial charges? Something that would spread the metrion particles over a wider area? If I can, it should put on a hell of a show. Sorry to interrupt, Captain. It's Admiral Forrest. Get to work on those charges. Hi, Captain. Ah, uh, when Admiral Forrest calls, it's always, uh, well, maybe not good. This is good timing, Admiral. We just picked up some very interesting sensor readings. Oh, got to get my volume I've on. I've got some bad news, John. It's A.G. He was back on Mount McKinley. There was an accident. He was killed. I'm sorry. It's been a long road. Okay, let's dial the theme music down here just a little. This is uh, First Flight. It's uh, a second season, near the end of the second season of Enterprise. It was called Enterprise still at this point. I, again, I've always liked the opening music and opening theme to this show. Uh, it was uh, a big change, of course, for them. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the episode's uh, credits here. The episode uh, is written by John Sheban and Chris Black, which I'm not positive, but I think this could be their only effort for Trek. I'll have to look a little bit more further into that. What else can I tell you before we get into it and talk about the episode? Uh, oh, interesting topic or tidbit here is it's directed by, this one's directed by LeVar Burton. Jordy directed this episode. Uh, feature, features, feature. Whoa, can't talk. Uh, why can't I do that today, I wonder? But anyway, uh, directed by LeVar Burton and uh, features the main cast with some very good guest actors in this one, especially uh, the guy playing A.J., sorry, A.G. Robinson is played by Keith Carradine, uh, which uh, a member of the big uh, acting Carradine family. Here we go back into First Flight. Got six spatial charges. I rigged them myself. What are the ranges? If there's any dark matter within 500 kilometers, you'll know it. Thanks. You sure you don't want some company? If this nebula exists, we don't know what effect it could have on the shuttle pod. All the more reason to bring your engineer along. Not this time, Trip. I still can't believe it. All the close calls he had flying warp trials. He gets himself killed climbing Mount McKinley.
Uh, back in the days of uh, the captain going off on dangerous missions uh, without anyone else even. And I could see why, you know, it makes sense this time, especially with what just happened. He, he certainly doesn't want to risk anyone else. Except maybe he will have to. I've brought to. some sensor enhancements. Thanks. We'll find them useful in mapping the nebula if it's there. We? This is a scientific mission. It's only logical to bring your science, officer. I'd prefer to handle this myself. Commander Tucker obviously didn't remind you that Starfleet regulations prohibit the captain from leaving the ship unaccompanied. It's interesting that, you know, obviously she's being the science officer here, but there's a little bit there more than that. Of course, she's a little concerned for him and his, uh, his state of mind right now. We should reach the edge of the phenomenon in two hours, 46 minutes. I can pass the time by meditating, but if you'd prefer to talk... Go ahead and meditate. Would you like to join me? You seemed quite unsettled since your call from Admiral Forrest. I'm fine. Commander Tucker was reluctant to discuss it as well, though he did mention an old colleague had died. A Starfleet captain, A.G. Robinson. I wouldn't be out here if it weren't for him. I'm somewhat familiar with Starfleet history. I've never heard of a Captain Robinson. I'm sure there's a paragraph about him in the Vulcan database. We were in the NX test program. Trying to break the warp two barrier. There were just a few of us. Gardner, Duval, A.G., and me. We all wanted the first flight. And I was cocky enough to think I'd be the one to get it. Yeah, so this episode a lot is, you know, talking in. In, in, about the past and what's going Sorry, on. Sorry I'm late, Commodore. I came straight from the test bay. At ease, Commander. I heard you got the warp reactor up to 90% today. 92. Sir. You didn't call me here to ask about an engine test. We Get all know the assignment's of, uh, about to be handed Starfleet out. Starfleet Academy. I'm and guessing this here. is either really good news, or we're going with Commander Robinson. Ag's a fine pilot. It wasn't an easy decision. You'll be back up. Sounds good. You know, I spent more time in the simulator than anyone. If I can do anything to help A.G. prepare for John. The... It's your father's engine. I know how important this was to you. The most important thing to me is that we succeed. Is there anything else? No, Commander. Dismissed. Now we're at this uh, place called the 602 Club. Uh, 
which is this bar. They hang out, uh, kind of very, uh, you know, uh, Top Gunnish in this uh, episode. You know, these pilots, uh, astronauts, hanging out Thanks, at the Ruby. local bar, to kind of vent right? a little. Sure, why? The last time you had this much to drink was the day Caroline moved to New Berlin. My guess is Forrest gave out the assignment today. Sherlock Holmes has nothing on you. They'll need a pilot for the next flight. You remember what Buzz Aldrin said when he stepped on the moon? No. Nobody does. Because Armstrong went first. Congratulations. So now we get introduced to AG. I'm waiting for Forrest to realize what a horrible mistake he made. <laughs> Until then, let me buy you a drink. No, I'll buy you one. For consolation prize. Two more, Leo. To Commander A.G. Robinson. We all worked hard to get this flight, but in the end, the best pilot won. Just ask him. A.G. <laughs> I like the casting a lot in this episode. Uh, he kind of just looks like a military hey, guy, pilot. He kind of reminds me of some of the guys that they used to. First flights um, in two weeks. Oh, uh, why am I blanking out on that movie? You know why you didn't get this assignment. <sighs> I bet you're going to tell I'm me. I'm going to blank a lot today. <laughs> you tried too hard. You did everything by the book. You burned the midnight oil in that simulator. 18, 20-hour days. You shut everything and every one out of your life just so you could be the first. And you still don't understand. Starfleet doesn't just want a great pilot. They want a great captain. I don't get that line really very much to, for you the said test. Captain Robinson was a close friend. That's right. From what you've told me, your relationship seemed... The right stuff. That's the movie I'm thinking of. There we go. Brain's starting to work a little more. Only one of us was going to get to fly that ship. Nothing wrong with a little healthy competition. He did have a point. It does take more than piloting ability to command a starship. I agree. Fortunately, you seem to have developed the necessary skills. Was that a compliment? An observation. I assume Captain Robinson's flight was successful? Not exactly. He was lucky to come out of it in one piece. NX Control. I thought we built a warp ship so we could go to warp. Maintain your orbit. We're trying to run down a problem with the stabilization protocols. I just saw Italy go by again. If this is going to take much longer, maybe you could send up some food. What can I get you? How about some of those deep-fried mushrooms from the 602? I'll send Ruby up to take your order. We are clear on the stabilization protocols. We start countdown at 30 seconds. There's some Vulcans here watching the whole thing go down, I just got word from the powers that be that you're good to go. Acknowledged. He's in a regular, like, space suit. Uh, This looks like a... Kind of similar to Cochrane's ship from warp first field initialization contact. in 20 seconds. Kind of a middle cylinder with two warp nacelles off to the sides. 
Very sleek looking. At least the thrusters work. <laughs> I did get a little variance on the RCS. We noticed that here. Do you want to bring her back to the garage? Not on your life. We've got a stable warp field. NX Control to NX Alpha. You have permission to go to war. See you in a few light years. Warp one. One point five. Yeah, starting to shake a bit on the ship. That little bump you just felt was warp two. Congratulations. Now let's see if you can get it up to two point one. She's getting a little shaky. Are you sure you got that stabilization problem ironed out? Field integrity's down to 20%. The warp field won't hold. AG, we're getting some pretty unusual telemetry down here. We need you to go sublight until we get it sorted out. Did you hear me? I'm at 2.1. I think I can get a little more out of her. Negative. Abort. Warp 2.15. This is forced. Drop to impulse. That's an order. The field's collapsing. AG, you've got to get out of there. Now he just came out at around Jupiter, out of warp, and the ship it apparently blows up. We've lost telemetry. NX control to NX Alpha, come in. AG. Can you hear me? Now we're back, guys. Uh, Present time of Enterprise with T'Pol and Archer. Particle density is increasing. We should be entering the nebula. The readings could be misleading. As Dr. Flox would say, optimism. Optimism doesn't alter the laws of physics. <sighs> time to put Tripp's charges to the test. Three seconds. Anything? We need to move deeper into the nebula. If it exists. What happened? The field emissions on the charges could have been too low. Maybe we're just on a wild goose chase. I was referring to Captain Robinson. His test flight. 
He made the record books for being the first person to deploy an escape pod at warp. But he lost one of two NX prototypes. Nearly derailed the entire program. You all right? A little shaky. Trust me, you don't want to pass through the warp barrier in one of those. Should make a nice addition to the Starfleet Museum. What went wrong? I'm not sure, sir. The closer I got to 2.2, the more trouble I had keeping the field stable. You were ordered to abort. The abort call was premature. We had some instability on the previous tests, but it always settled down. Your engine design is obviously unsound. There's nothing wrong with that engine. You have something to add, Lieutenant Tucker, sir. I'm on Captain Jeffrey's engineering team. We've never pumped this much antimatter through the injectors before. It's going to take us a little time to get the intermix right. That's precisely the point. Your program is moving too quickly. Just because it took you 100 years to crack warp 2 doesn't mean it'll take us that long. Lieutenant! <laughs> Sorry, sir. I always leave it to Trip to just say, right. say what's the, what this it feels like. This is a new engine. Like it's what, bound to have a few bugs to. to work out. Those bugs just scattered your ship across 5,000 kilometers of space. And nearly killed your pilot. We're not going to get anywhere without taking some risks. I know where you stand on this, Commander. We've got a lot of data to analyze before we know what happened. We should be grateful we only lost the ship. So, I'm back at the bar at the 602. Cyrus. Who's Cyrus? It was my great-grandfather's name. Keep trying, Tucker. Chester. How about Rosalie, if it's a girl? <laughs> Come on, give me a hint. She's had names for her kids picked out since she was 10. Says she'll marry the first man to guess him. What's your name, Lieutenant? Charles Tucker, sir. But everybody calls me Trip. Trip. My dad's Charles Tucker, and so is his dad. That makes me the third, so... Triple trip. Thanks for your help today with our Vulcan friends trip. My father would have appreciated it. I don't get it. It's, it's like they want us to fail. I gave up trying to figure out the Vulcans a long time ago. Commodore? At ease. May I? Of course. It's kind of funny that they didn't alter the way these guys look all that much. Although I don't, I'm trying to figure out how much time is supposed to be. This is, a, you know, like five years ago, approximately, or can what. I uh, buy you a drink, sir? Their it's hair the is even exactly the same. <laughs> it's stuff like that. I'm sorry, sir. I, I would didn't have mean changed that. just a little. I'll I have think. A beer, Mr. Tucker. It's been a while since I've been in here. See, it hasn't changed much. Is there something on your mind, sir? I came here to tell you... that the urging of the Vulcan Advisory Council... that Starfleet Command has decided to put the NX program on hold. For how long? 
indefinitely. Gentlemen? Yeah, bureaucrats. You gotta love them. What do you mean, indefinitely? They want to go back to the drawing board, John. Develop a new engine from scratch. We have an engine that works now. If we start over, it'll be decades before we get into deep space. Starfleet's made its decision. Permission to speak freely, sir? It's your father's engine. His life's work. You can't let him do this. Yeah, so uh, this is also, of course, the you know first time Trip and Archer kind of uh, get together and uh, become friends, which is a nice thing to see. Perfect. Obviously, up. they've uh, on board Enterprise probably are the closest to two people on there. I suppose you heard. This is really going to throw a wrench in my career plans. Thanks. Yeah. Last Keith, call, anything else? Keith Carradine's really good in this part again. I'll have another. He just kind of like says it like it is, Takes wants to take risks. Very test pilot and uh, early space days type of guy. Where have you been all day? Debriefing. After the flight surgeons were done with me, I got hauled in front of the Starfleet senior staff and the Vulcans. What'd you tell them? What do you think? The subspace field destabilized at warp 2.2. Primary flight controls failed, resulting in the loss of the vehicle. Aren't you forgetting something? What? Possibility of pilot error? I'm not interested in your opinion, Lieutenant. You should be. The Vulcans have been leaning on Starfleet for years to rein in this program. You walked in there today, ruled out pilot error, and told them just what they wanted to hear. Our engine doesn't work. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, Archer. But it doesn't work. The engine's sound. We just need more time to balance the Intermax. We need more than time. I agree. We need a pilot who listens to orders. If you'd aborted, we'd still have a ship. And probably another chance. Another chance to what? Get killed? At the first sign of trouble, you should have throttled down. It wouldn't have made a damn bit of difference. I guess we'll never find out. You weren't in that cockpit. There's nothing wrong with that ship. There's plenty wrong. You just refused to see it. What the hell's that supposed to mean? Every time there's a problem with this project, you blame it on pilot error, or gravitational anomalies or some technical malfunction. Well, you're going to have to face the truth this time because there's nothing left to point a finger at. Your father designed a lousy engine. Ah, now we get a bar fight. Don't ever say bad things about your daddy. Or someone's daddy, I should say. Both getting in pretty even licks here. Oh, that one hurt. Archer took a bad elbow to the, to the head. Now That's another. Enough. Do something! Come on, come on, break it up! Break it up! You think this is gonna get either of you any closer to War 5?
look up that uh, waitress. She looks familiar. The fight was interrupted. Not before I got two bruised ribs and a cracked Bridget Brana. I know I've seen her in other roles before. She has kind of red hair. She has sort of a distinctive look, kind of Irish about her, with a name like Brana. power is fluctuating. It's all right. Auxiliary's kicking in. There was a surge in the EPS grid. We must be getting close. Tripp said the dark matter might affect the shuttle systems. You'll be happy to hear he was right. It was probably nothing more than a simple malfunction. I don't think so. Our pre-launch checks were all fine. Something else caused that surge. I'm not detecting any dark matter. Have a little faith, T'Pol. Faith of the Even heart. if you're right, it may be dangerous to proceed. Another surge could disable life support. One thing I learned from AG. You're never going to get anywhere without taking risks. You obviously admired this man. Quite a bit. And yet he cracked your mold? <laughs> Humans can have funny ways of forming friendships. To say the least. <laughs> yeah, he hit me in the face a few times, but I like it. He would have loved it out here. Too bad he never got the chance. God knows he earned it. I thought you said he was responsible for nearly ending the program. He was also responsible for getting it back on course. With a little help from me and Trip. Now we're back at uh, NX Control here. They kind of gave you a quick shot of the ship. See, you're not losing any NX time. NX Beta. The second we're done flying. prototype ship. No use hanging around. Here you go. I'm not clearing out just yet. Yourself. I've been thinking about what you were saying last night about my father's engine. Look, I was out of line. You were right. I wanted to see this thing fly so badly it kept me from being objective. That's good of you to admit, but it doesn't really matter now. It may. I got my hands on the telemetry from your flight. It looks like Tucker was right about the intermix, but I think we can compensate for it. You heard Forrest. The program is on hold indefinitely. We can take this to Starfleet. Make a case to get off the ground again. What about the Vulcans? They'll look at your data and say we need to run computer simulations for another 10 years to prove that you're right. Commodore Forrest will back us up. Forrest answers to Starfleet command. It's out of his hands. Even if his two senior pilots insist that this ship can fly? If the three of us go in there together, we might be able to change their minds. You just went faster than any human being ever has. And now you're going to walk away? Let them put the ship in mothballs when we're so close to breaking warp three? You're always talking about taking risks. What have we got to lose? Ah, uh, this episode is kind of hitting Vulcans, home for me right now. We'll have today. to do a lot better than showing them a bunch of antimatter calculations. I'm open to suggestions. We only lost one ship. Still have one left.
They'll never give us clearance. Can you think of a better way to prove it'll fly? You want to talk about taking risks? You're a great pilot. Maybe as good as me. But you're never going to get out into deep space by playing it safe. When the first Warp 5 starship is built, its captain won't be able to call home every time he needs to make a decision. He won't be able to turn to the Vulcans. Unless he decides to take one with him. <laughs> That's appropriate. We should be 20,000 kilometers inside the nebula. Let's load up two more charges. The history of your early warp flights is well documented. But I've never read anything about two Starfleet pilots stealing the Warp 3 prototype. It wasn't the kind of thing Starfleet Command wanted to advertise. Don't you believe me? I have no doubt it happened. Though I find it difficult to believe. You had to be convinced to participate. Well... You didn't know me then. I was a little more by the book. The particle density has nearly doubled. Shall we try again? Perhaps we should head back. Still have two more charges. Let's keep looking. Was your test flight successful? Promise you won't put this into the Vulcan database? We decided on a night launch. I've routed the intermix controls to the engineering station. If it becomes unstable, you'll be able to adjust it manually. Thanks. If I came along, I could monitor the antimatter flow. I'll keep an eye on it. You're gonna have your hands full. We need you down here. Don't worry. You'll get out there someday. If I had my own ship, I'd sign you up in a second. I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> Thanks, Trip. response from the auxiliary APUs. It's because they haven't been installed yet. How's it coming, Trip? I've disabled the tracking sensors. I'll need a minute to divert the telemetry. How long? Don't wait for me. I'll be ready by the time we break orbit. Acknowledged. Not too late to call this off. Head over to the 602 for a beer. Not on your life. Yeah, so both obviously uh, Archer and AG are uh, in the new prototype, the NX Beta, rolling it out, getting ready to launch. Trips helping them on the ground. Some cool shots here, some nice graphic work. And it launches in like this sort of amusement park. When worlds collide, the ramp kind of just shoots off this uh, track and then into the sky. Pretty cool. Anyone notice we're gone yet? Uh, as far as they know, the doors are closed and the lights are out. But New Berlin should be picking you up in about six minutes. 
By the time they figure out what's going on, we'll be halfway to Jupiter. Kind of interesting that they have a ship that's uh, so almost complete, although there are a few things missing, they said. You're working late. We just got a call. New Berlin's detected the NX Beta. What? Internal sensors show it's still in the hangar. Has anyone bothered to look? <laughs> sensors show it, but uh, maybe I should go down and actually take a look at it. Warp field is stable. Something wrong? Why don't you take it? What? I had the last flight. You're due up. That's a nice touch in this episode where they switch seats here. So uh, Archer gets to pilot and uh, AG is going to monitor the controls and intermix and all that. Besides, you can use the practice. I hope you and Tucker were right about that intermix. We're about to find out. Oh, somebody's calling. This is Forrest. What the hell is going on? Just running an engine test, sir. Archer? Turn around right now and I'll do what I can to keep you out of prison. If you... Archer? Ah, now the Vulcans walk in and realize what's going on. Perfect. I would have almost thought that they would have had some ship in orbit there or someone would have noticed and detected what was going on and said something, but Vulcans don't really like That's to you know, get involved and step in anyway unless they're asked. Here we go again. I'm reading fluctuations in the intermix. We see it. Yeah, a little more matter, a little less antimatter, yeah. Kind of interesting, LeVar Burton directing an episode so technical and, and, you know, engineering related. Warp 2.15. You better get that intermix locked down, because I'm not backing off till I break your record. You got it? Almost. Ah, now the guards show up where Trip is at. <laughs> Come with us, Lieutenant. Uh, NX Beta, do you read? NX Beta to Commodore Forrest. You might want to check your sensors. You'll see we're holding steady at 2.5. Congratulations. Now get the hell back here. Not only was it in violation of a direct order, <laughs> it was utterly reckless, irresponsible, and maybe even criminal. Sir, I'm not done, Commander. You are both suspended from duty, pending an inquiry. And by the time Starfleet Command gets through with you, you're going to wish that you had never come back. You're supposed to represent the best that Starfleet has to offer. Keeping this program on track is hard enough without our own officers undermining it. What did you think? 
that this stunt of yours would accomplish. That just because you didn't get yourselves killed, that we'd ignore the data we've collected, the testing we've done, the recommendations of the Vulcan Advisory Council? If we follow all their recommendations, we'll never make it into deep space. No one is suggesting that your warp program be dismantled. Only that Starfleet proceed with more restraint. Get Lieutenant Tucker in here. Ask any engineer on the project. They'll tell you this ship can fly. Archer and I just proved it. We're ready to go. Now. That's not your decision to make. With all due respect, it's not yours either. You're right, sir. We were reckless. We knew there'd be consequences. We knew we'd probably be thrown out of Starfleet. You may have been right. E.G. and I may never fly again. But it's a small sacrifice to make if it keeps this project going. We didn't build this engine to make test runs around Jupiter. We built it to explore. If my father were alive today, he'd be standing here asking, what the hell are we waiting for? Yep. You obviously weren't dismissed from Starfleet. They must have found your argument convincing. Convincing enough. We managed to avoid a court-martial, but they grounded us for three months. Still, the NX program continued. Eventually. The Vulcans had us run every simulation they could think of for over a year before they finally admitted the engine would probably work. Eight months after that, Duval broke Warp 3 in the NX Delta. Five years later, we laid the keel for Enterprise. You know the rest. Ah, uh, so it was about five years, a little bit more. I don't know how long it takes to build the particle density has increased years, again. So six years. I'd hate to see those last two charges go to waste. Nice analogy here of them going out searching for dark matter at the same time, you know, exploring the warp barriers. Anything on sensors? It appears so. Now the sky is lighting up like a Christmas tree around him. Kind of like an Aurora Borealis looking. Fascinating. This data will certainly cause a debate at the science directorate. T'Pol. Come up and look at this a minute. I have to monitor the quantum field. Let the sensors do it. why A.G. and I work so hard to get out of here. Captain Robinson clearly wanted to command Enterprise as much as you did. He wasn't alone. But by the end, A.G. and I were the only two candidates left. They made the final selection six months before we launched. Maybe I just got lucky. Thanks. Congratulations, Captain. To Jonathan Archer, first skipper of the Starship Enterprise. And one lucky SOB. 
luck had nothing to do with it. It couldn't have been talent. I'm just waiting for Forrest to realize what a horrible mistake he made. <laughs> Still, they could have done a lot worse. Anyway, I'd rather wait for the NXO, too. Let you make all the mistakes. So yeah. I'll have an easier time of it. To the first skipper of the NXO, too. <sighs> Gotta go. Catching a shuttle to Alice Springs at 0600. More survival training. Uh, night, Ruby. I like it back in the days Good where they actually time. drank real beer and not synthahol and things. Hey. I'll see you out there. Captain. We should start back if we're going to make our rendezvous. Right. Welcome back. How'd it go? Your charges were effective. Was it a good show? You should have been there. I'll remember to ask you next time. I believe there's a human custom that says when you discover something of merit, you earn the right to name it. What would you suggest? The T'Pol Archer Nebula? I was thinking the Robinson Nebula would be more appropriate. First Flight, not really a lot of uh, surprises in it, but a good solid episode, I think, especially from Season 2 of Enterprise. I, I always like the uh, the aspects of the show that tried to relate it more towards, you know, a current day and, and the, the hazards and difficulties of going into deep space and, you know, kind of a little more NASA-like and that kind of stuff. I think that uh, really makes the show a lot more relatable and uh, interesting to see and, uh it's a nice touch that they did here, and uh, I think the actors did a good job with this one, and the guest cast especially. And I like seeing the past, a little bit of the, you know, Archer and Trip first meeting and all that. So, uh, cool uh, cool episode, I think, of Enterprise. And uh, next up we've got, uh, let's see, we have three different comments. Uh, I'll play the longest one first here. This one's from uh, Billy Bob on the forums. Joe has some things to say about this episode. Let's, let's uh, listen in. Hey Rico, hey Trex and Sci-Fi, this is Joe from Toronto, Billy Bob from the forums, and uh, I just want to say a few words about uh, the Enterprise episode, First Flight, that Rico is reviewing this week. Well, to start, just let me say that I, I really did enjoy this episode, and the main reason I really enjoyed it, uh, and the main reason I enjoy a lot of similar episodes from other series, is I really love Trek episodes where they go back to Earth. And not like in TOS or those few episodes in Voyager where they go back in time to Earth, but I love when they go back to Earth in the century in which the show takes place because I feel like it grounds us and it reminds us that these people are from where from. And, you know, aside from it being the future and high technology and all of that, 
that they basically grew up like we did and they grew up in the same places that we did. And, um, you know, I think that really lets us, you know, bring the characters back to us and it really lets us relate to them as people. So on top of that, the other thing I like about these episodes where they go back to Earth is it tends to show us a lot of character moments and especially in this case where they went back kind of in the character's past. They went back to, you know, the past of the program and they went back to Archer's past in particular and we got to see him, you know, before he was captain of the NX-01 and, you know, when he was a little bit of a a reckless test pilot, which, you know, is not really how you end up seeing him in in the show on a regular basis. And I thought that was very nice. I got, thought we got to see, you know, where he came from and, you know, why he's where he is and his motivations. Also, we got to see a very important character mo- moment, you know, being where he met Trip and how they became friends. That's a very important moment kind of in the backstory and in the canon of of Enterprise and why people are where they are. And the last thing I really liked about this episode is the way they portrayed kind of the warp program. I think they went to very great lengths to make it seem like the space program when it was first starting out, you know, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, when it was exciting and, you know, we heard about guys like Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong and they were these crazy, you know, reckless test pilots and these are the only guys that could make this happen and that could, you know, get us off the planet and get us to the moon and whatever. And I think, you know, they kind of took that and said, you know, fine, Archer and the other guys on the team, these were the only guys that were crazy enough and that would take enough risks to kind of, you know, defy the Vulcans and do what had to be done to make the Warp 2 or Warp 2.5 or whatever program it was work. You know, and I thought, again, just like bringing us back to Earth and seeing that doors open like doors and admirals wear ties and all that, it let us relate to the universe to say this is very much the world that we come from just in the future. So overall, I know Enterprise gets a bad rap, which I do not understand, and I would really love if someone would maybe post in the thread for this episode or send Rico some comments for for the next for next week or the week after or whatever and let me know why people don't like Enterprise because I don't see it because this is a great show and this was a great episode of a great show that unfortunately I don't think was given its fair shake. And I hope that, you know, the reputation that this show has won't color anyone on watching it or whatever, because there are some very great episodes in this show. And, you know, even the bad ones aren't that bad. So that is all. And thank you very much. And uh, thank you, Rico, for doing the show. Thanks, Joe. That's great. And you brought up some interesting uh, comments, a little related to what I said, but even more so. And uh, really some great insight there. And I I completely heartily agree with you on your your take on the episode and Enterprise in general. Um, I've always thought the only thing about Enterprise that worked against it a little bit was, uh, you know, I'll call it the SSS, or STS, yeah, Star Trek Saturation. Uh, the only thing I think that that really kind of hurt Enterprise, and and I agree with you that the the show is definitely deserving of the name Star Trek, and it has some great episodes. But I think by the point Enterprise came along, I th- I think there was just so much Trek had been done for the previous many many years that people were just kind of a little burned out on it, and uh, that that to me is the only thing. There was nothing wrong with the shows, nothing wrong with the episodes, but people just grew a little, you know, 
you know, tired of it to a degree. The people that aren't really into it as much. And, and the fans, the, the, the thing, though, I like your idea of, you know, someone tell us what's the deal. But um, the, the ones that I never understand are the people that say there are Star Trek, quote-unquote, Star Trek fans not liking this series very much at all. Uh, all the series have their ups and downs. I think there are some stronger episodes, some stronger series, some stronger characters than others. But, you know, what's not to like about this stuff? I, I, I don't get it at all. I was very excited when Enterprise first came on that they were going to go back and show the early days of uh, Starfleet and the Federation. I thought it was a great idea and a great concept, and I, I firmly believe that the movie, with bringing some more Star Trek uh, to people, and people will start to look back on this and go, boy, this is not, uh, there's nothing wrong with this at all. It's just as good as any other episode or any other series. So, uh, again, thanks for your comments, uh, Joe. I really appreciate that. Next up, we have uh, Dave, Dave Kill on the forums, who I know is a big Enterprise fan, and uh, his comments on this episode. Hi, Rico. I always look forward to your reviews of Enterprise. And First Flight from Season 2 was an interesting story. Keith Carradine was a good choice to play A.G. Robinson, Archer's rival in the NX program, and I liked the introduction of Lieutenant Tucker. What's your name, Lieutenant? Charles Tucker, sir. But everybody calls me Trip. Robinson was more of a risk-taker than Archer, and through their eventual friendship, taught him to be a better captain. If you want to convince the Vulcans, they'll have to do a lot better than showing them a bunch of antimatter calculations. I'm open to suggestions. We only lost one ship. Still have one left. In the bar scene where Tripp and Archer were having a beer, it did look odd to see A.G. enter and hang up his leather bomber jacket. I guess some traditions die hard. The following fight scene was great, and I wouldn't be surprised if Bakula and Carradine did their own stunts. Your father designed a lousy engine. <laughs> I'm still a big fan of Enterprise. It had a good cast. And on a side note, if you want to see how funny John Billingsley can be, check out the Stargate SG-1 Season 6 episode, The Other Guys. That's another favorite series that I learned about right here on Treks in Sci-Fi. Thanks. See you later. Thanks, Dave. Uh, very much appreciate your comments as well. Yeah, I didn't even notice the uh, the bomber jacket, but there were a lot of things uh, with that 602 bar that uh, were very, you know, Top Gun and military-like, and uh, even the little insignia outside the bar, kind of the wings and all, very Air Force-ish. Uh, next, uh, we've got some comments from Rick Moyer about uh, First Flight. So take it away, Rick. Well, Rico, thanks again for reviewing a Trek episode, this time Enterprise and First Flight. What I liked about this show is being a longtime Trek fan, it's fun to explore things that you've heard about mentioned in the different series but never actually got to see. So this was kind of fun to go back and kind of see some history behind the warp engine and how everything worked together and uh, kind of some history with Captain Archer. And I just I enjoy this kind of a show when they do this because it just fills in the backstory of everything to do with Star Trek. So... I really, really enjoyed this episode. Thanks again for reviewing it. What a cool show you have, Rico. Thanks for doing Treks in Sci-Fi. Well, and thank you, Rick, for sending in your comments also about uh, First Flight. Uh, yeah, it, it does fill in a lot of neat background for us. And uh, 
I've, uh, again, Enterprise is a great show, and everyone should be checking it out. Uh, this episode is up in the little now playing uh, on the forums, too, right now. If you're a member over there, check it out for the next few days until I switch to something new. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. And we're the host of a brand new podcast, Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast of the web series The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season, be it Season 2, which is currently airing on MSN Video, or Season 3, which is in the early pre-production stage. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2, as well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com Zaboo! <laughs> okay, that's going to just about uh, wrap everything up for this week on Treks in Sci-Fi. Uh, I think uh, we've, uh, oh, what are we at? One hour, 14, 15 minutes now. We can do a little editing, but um, anyway, thanks everyone for listening, for downloading the show. Reviews over at uh, iTunes are always welcome. Check out the website, treksinsci-fi.com. Also, uh, join the forum if you're not a member. And I was debating whether to mention this or not. I'm just kind of just getting it started. But uh, due to some of the recent things and events for me this past week, I've started something new. And uh, for those still listening to the show at this point, uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's in its very early stages. But I do have one comic up. It's a little something to have a little fun with. Anyway. Oh, i got to stop saying that word. I wish I could just X that word out of my vocabulary for an hour or so as I record here or whatever. The uh, The website to check out is called jobforahero.com. J-O-B for a hero, all together, one kind of big word, dot com. Jobforahero.com. And, well, I'm not going to say that much about it, but if you're interested, go check it out. There's a little comic thing that I'm going to start there and do a few times a week to just kind of have a little fun. And, uh, well, I, I guess the basic word is to vent a little. So I, I'd be curious about your comments for now. Just uh, email me over at treksf at gmail.com on that. Next week on the show, next weekend, uh, I am going to attempt, this is going to be a fairly big topic, but I am going to attempt to look at the uh, Matrix trilogy of films, all three Matrix movies with clips and commentary and discussion and uh and a whole lot more. Uh, it's a favorite series of movies for me. I've even I even enjoy the the second two. Um, maybe you know not as much as the first, being so innovative. Well, I'll save a lot of that for next week. But Matrix next week. Send in your comments about the Matrix movies too to the email, and I will play them on next week's show for uh, covering that trilogy of films on Treks and Sci-Fi. Until then, everyone, take care. Enjoy your week. I will talk to you again next week, uh, same time, same Trek channel, bat time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I got to go. Bye, everyone. Take care. Bye. This podcast, copyright 2009, under the Creative Commons License 3.0. Additional donations this week provided by Stuart Anu and Mike Featherstone. Always appreciated.